1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the SB Nation NFL show. I'm Arjo Ochoa from SB Nation's Blogging the Boys. This is Monday, Football Monday. A reminder that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As mentioned, this is the SB Nation NFL show, and specifically this is Monday Football Monday, where we recap all of the action from the Sunday NFL action. We have a lot to get to throughout week 10. A few notes, a few points of direction. You can always watch this show live on the SB Nation NFL Twitter page, on the SB Nation NFL Facebook page, and of course, you can listen to the podcast version of this production and all of our fine shows here at the SB Nation NFL show. Search for the SB Nation NFL show, wherever you get your podcast, subscribe, leave a rating, ride right, review. Those things make our hearts soar. A soaring heart, a flying heart, perhaps the main character of season three of High School Musical, the television show on Disney Plus, is Arrowhead Prides Pete Sweeney. The Kansas City Chiefs are in first place in the AFC West. He never doubted. He never blinks. He looks handsome. He looks debonair. Pete Tweeney ready to bring us the audio
2: stylings of his beautiful baritone voice. Pedro, happy Monday to you, sir. Shout out to Fox Sports' Nick Wright for pointing this out. There's one team in the AFC with more wins than the Kansas City Chiefs. That's the Tennessee Titans. The Chiefs played poorly for the whole first part of the season, and the AFC, for the most part, let that stretch go they didn't separate themselves with any distance and now they're right in the mix i I tend to think the titans do have a fast track to maintaining that by because their schedule is easy but this is now a very dangerous team and it's happening at the right time because the dallas cowboys to to your credit rj seem like one of the better teams if not the best team and most consistent team in the nfc and we have these two trains chugging along here we got the preston Road trophy up for grabs this weekend in a major battle between what has now suddenly become once again two Super Bowl contenders.
1: Pete and I are going to have a great time at Blogging the Boys in Arrowhead Pride this week as the Cowboys do visit the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. But before we get there, Pete, we have to tie a bow on Week 10. We're we're now in double digits. Uh, We have a lot to get to. DK Metcalf tried to re-enter a game after being ejected. Russell Wilson was shut out for the first time in his NFL career. We had You mentioned trains. We had a Choo-Choo-Choo-Chuba Hubbard touchdown for the Carolina Panthers as they took down the Arizona Cardinals in the desert. Before we get there, Pete, I have to ask you a very important question prior mm-hmm. to the show starting we were talking you me our fantastic producer rachel about great christmas movies rom-coms yeah. things like that so my question to you is what is your favorite christmas song your kind of favorite christmas staple we're, we're entering that time of year oh, we're not yeah. going to have the debate as to Easy whether answer. you can listen to it or not There's what no is it and why
2: question. Yeah, there's only one answer to this question, by the way, and and a couple things here. I mean, because I, RJ is just dominating, as he usually does. They, they don't even put me on screen at first. And so I can't even say anything to begin with. But, hey, uh, I'm coming off of Sunday Night Football. You know, I come to Monday Football Monday chock full of nuggets, typically tough for me to do it after SNF. I'm going to try my best. Our is going to take the lead today. Now to your Christmas question. Um, it's Carol of the Bells and there, and it's, there's no
1: question. Is this the one you're talking about?
2: Yes. And, and what I mean, okay. So you have Thanksgiving. I'm not somebody who celebrates, celebrates Christmas before uh, Thanksgiving. These are the rules. Uh, some people break them, whatever. I guess rules are made to be broken. Uh, Christmas officially begins as my mother would say. Remember my mother grew up in, uh, Astoria and Jackson Heights. Listen, Christmas begins when Santa comes out at the Thanksgiving day parade. I didn't make the rule. I just follow them because I'm a good son. And so when Santa comes out at the Thanksgiving Day Parade, then you could start putting up the direct decorations. And that's when you play Carol of the Bells. Sorry uh, to all those people out there. RJ is breaking the rules a little bit by even asking the question. So,
1: ah, well, uh, a big shout out to Mama Sweeney. Um, I got to be honest. like You can't even sing to this song. It's not even a good one.
2: I mean, it... <laughs> Uh, you don't sing it you do you do like an opera to it um and you go out in the streets you can take your friends you can uh uh, spread christmas cheer from ear to ear um i don't even know what you're talking about so
1: uh the answer we were looking for is rocking around the christmas tree i mean no get get a little bit rocking around you know rolling around you never
2: know uh but anyway all right we have a lot to get to i'm Uh, dreaming (laughs) of a white they don't have white christmases in texas do they
1: Uh, You know, it has snowed in Texas, believe it or not. It did snow in Ammo Field. We will get there. Let's start the NFL action. Pete, you (sighs) mentioned it. The only team that the Kansas City Chiefs are looking up at in the AFC is the Tennessee Titans. The Titans victorious at home against the New Orleans Saints. Barely eked out this victory, 23-21. New Orleans couldn't get a two-point conversion late, had a penalty. that made it a little bit tougher for Trevor Simeon. The Titans, Pete Sweeney, have now completed five straight wins over playoff teams from last year a very impressive run for Tennessee I think we were all a little bit hesitant to buy in each step of the way right because we yes. kept saying well this is the team that lost the Jets you know they barely beat the Bills on the night of football yeah they thrashed the Chiefs but the Chiefs suck lo and behold we would find that about a month later they have just kind of checked things off one by one last week, beating the Rams on Sunday night football themselves without Derek Henry in the mix. They're eight and two. They are very firmly in the mix to be the top overall seed in the conference for the first time since 2008.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm obviously pretty hyped about the the Chiefs turning things around, but this is very clearly the best team in the AFC. And and I think we should start leaning into that. They've won some tough games. I mean, they have games and wins against the Rams in primetime, who I consider one of the better teams in the NFC. They gutted out this win. I, Struggling or not, they dominated the Kansas City Chiefs that game was was never close so if the Chiefs are suddenly legitimate I think you got to really take that win and, and you got to say okay they took care of business they beat the Buffalo Bills and the bigger thing for me as I was mentioning is you get this win against the New Orleans Saints and very quickly it's Texans Patriots Jaguars Steelers 49ers Dolphins and, and Texans the only two games that really give you a pause in that despite Miami knocking off Baltimore randomly, I, random wins are going to happen. But the only two games that really give you pause are New England Patriots who are suddenly resurgent and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if you don't even the,
1: give me pause, I ain't pausing about that. I'm fast forwarding through that.
2: If you, if you look at the resume thus far, you, you kind of ask yourself, well, why can't they, they beat these teams? And, you know, you think of the New England Patriots and, and they are suddenly very interesting, but Vrabel and Belichick have this thing where Rabel kind of, you know in the playoffs there there is like an edge there i don't think um for the titans in particular the patriots would would strike as much fear as maybe another team that was playing well at this time and so to me the titans not only look like the best team they have some room to play with because they're so far ahead of the rest of the conference with only two losses and so we'll see if they can hold on but that's all they have to do they control their own destiny and they could lock up this AFC bye And if you get Derrick Henry back, that's a very, very dangerous team in the playoffs. If you're getting the best runner, runner in football back, you're rested and you have all this confidence from all these wins that you've piled up. Yeah, you mentioned getting
1: Derrick Henry back. Julio Jones was placed on injured reserve uh, over the weekend. So he's out at least two more games for the Titans. But like you said, not exactly uh, super intimidating com you know competition coming up. Obviously, you got that New England game. Then they have that bye. Uh, so nice, you
2: know,
1: uh, not nice to be missing Julio Jones. But you, you look at it very clearly, you know, uh, purposeful it's, by the Titans to kind of take as, as much advantage as they possibly can of the schedule to hopefully get him right for the deep run late down the season. It,
2: It's a cool story for for Tennessee fans and not necessarily like the fan base that you you put with, okay, one of the diehard fan bases of the NFL. But there are diehard Titans fans out there and nobody was considering, you know, nobody nationally, you, me, whatever, anyone that 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 tries to judge this thing before the season. No one was considering the Titans to have any shot at being the AFC by and it's right in front of them. Uh, we were calling this team an, an easy playoff team because of the division they play in, and they have just stacked good win after good win after good win. As as every team in the AFC has a bad loss, Titans included, to the New York Jets, they're still stacking these big wins. We have seen that losses just happen. Uh, we're going to get to the game, but the Bucs lost to Washington yesterday. One team's going to make the playoffs, and another team is not, despite that result. And so that's going to happen. The Titans look like the team right
1: now. W, F. Uh, like you said, we will get there. On the New Orleans side of things, Pete, they are now 0-2 in full games without Jameis Winston. Obviously, they finished the game that he was injured in to also beat the Tempe Buccaneers. Um, New Orleans now 5-4, and four, still in the mix. If the playoffs started today, which they don't, they would be the sixth seed. And so they're kind of lurking, kind of hanging around. Um, I'm going to get ahead of this. I have a bold prediction. Uh, tonight, the Manning cast returns from Monday Night of Football between the Rams and the 49ers. It was announced just before we started the show, Pete, the, the stream that we do here on Monday Football Monday, that Philip Rivers will be joining uh, the Mannings. Bold prediction. Philip Rivers is showing up to announce his return to the NFL. That's my that's my bold prediction uh, coming in hot to announce well, he's joining the New Orleans Saints.
2: We know that if that's the case you can you can bet against new orleans next week because you, no one no one goes on the manning cast and, and wins the next game so we, we know that <laughs> that's a great uh, point i think uh, it's worth saying this too and, and last point about this game i i think the the saints really miss kamara in this game if yeah. you're not going to have if you're not going to have winston you got to have kamara and you know that's it you know that that's kind of
1: no i mean i agree um and i think if you're, if you're a Saints fan, I don't think you're upset that you lost to the Titans. I mean, because you played them tough. This is, to your point, you know, the best team in the AFC. It's not a moral victory. It's hard hard to kind of tell yourself that. But what this, what upsets you about this, if you're a Saints fan, I think, is that you lost to the Falcons last week, especially seeing the way the Falcons played on Sunday. That was the game you had to have. And I know everybody plays on Thursday night at a certain point, but I've always thought it's a little bit different. Like it just feels different going into Thanksgiving. At least you know that's always how I've grown up and kind of done things. Um, you know, w- as far as the Cowboys are concerned, and the Saints play on Thanksgiving night against the Buffalo Bills, and so they're readying now, whether with Phillip Rivers or not, to take on a plucky Philadelphia Eagles team, and then the Buffalo Bills, and they're five and four. I mean, there's a world where they fall below five hundred with all that tryptophan coursing through their veins next weekend. Um, and so, I, I mean, I the vibes are not they're not bad, but they're 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 not great if
2: you're a New Orleans Saints fan. Well, the the adjective that you could use right now, it's, it's just it's teetering. You know, are you going to mm. teeter up to being a playoff team or are you going to teeter out and Peter out of what is the, the playoff picture? And it could easily, as you mentioned, for the reasons you mentioned, go go either way. And on the other side, the Titans continue to flirt with being one of the better teams in football. And, and you had mentioned the Falcons. I think the Falcons are flirting with being the worst team. In football Mm. and just two opposite ends of the spectrum for sure uh when you leave a room do you peter out Uh, of course uh by default by (laughs) believe it or not my full name is peter i know i go by pete that says pete right there but uh yeah that's my that's my full first name it's peter and so i'm always petering out yeah
1: Mm, Well done. Uh, Let's Peter out of this. Let's head to Indianapolis. The Indianapolis Colts are now five and five up to 500 between. It's been a tough climb for the Colts since the early parts of this season, thanks to a 23 to 17 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars who fall to two and seven. Not a lot to take away from this game. The margin of victory was not exactly great. Chalk it up to division rivalry and whatnot. Two takeaways for me from this game, and I'm curious uh, we'll, we'll go in order here. Trevor Lawrence has been not good uh, this season, and that was kind of evidence in this game. I'm not saying I'm out on Trevor Lawrence or anything, but it's it's tough to evaluate him. I mean, you know, when you're the number one overall pick, you generally join a not so great team. It is not so great for the Jaguars right now, Pete.
2: Yeah, and Mac Jones looks like the best quarterback, and it's not even close. And it, it, and I'm jumping around here, but it makes me think of how serious Kyle Shanahan was about potentially taking Jones and just going in another direction for a Trey Lance who is, is extremely raw. Jones looks better than Lawrence and he looks better than Zach Wilson, who's been injured the past couple of weeks. They have a a player, as you know, well RJ named Mike white starting in New York. And it seems like they're going to be rolling with him until otherwise, you know, proven otherwise. Um, Yeah, no, I, I would agree. And, and you had a duel here with Carson Wentz and, The Jaguars tried to control um, what was Jonathan Taylor as best they could, and and essentially were like, you know, let's find a way for uh, Carson Wentz to beat us. And I don't want to say that Wentz has been been good or great, but I I think he's got some he's got some uh, he hasn't been insignificant. I mean, he's, you got, know what he's I mean? got a chip. He's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And, and you know, you look at oh, the line, he's got a mountain on his shoulder. You, I mean, you look at the, you look at the line here and it was 22 of 34 before 180. but there were times in this game where he did what he needed to do to, to get this team. And, and I, I think this was the, a perfect scenario, as you kind of alluded to in the intro of this game where, and I'm going to go back to it, the Colts given Wentz and the uncertainty and is this the guy could have easily petered out. And now Mm -hmm. they're 5-5, and and they have everything in front of them. So kudos to them for not letting this thing tailspin when they were under 500.
1: Well, they're 500 now with wins over the aforementioned Mike White sort of uh, on Thursday night last week, and now the Jaguars. Good for you, Colts. You beat the Jets. You beat the Jaguars. But... Pete, their upcoming schedule is going to tell us who the Colts are. Are they really a team that can make the playoffs? They're at Buffalo on Sunday. Then next week, they host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then they are at Houston. They'll get that one before they're on their bye. They're among the four teams that have their bye in week 14, the latest one this season. And then after that, Pete, it gets tough. They come out of that. They host New England, the aforementioned Mac Jones. Then they visit the Arizona Cardinals. Then they host the Las Vegas Raiders. I know they lost on Sunday night. We'll get to that. But I mean, okay, are you really going to be this team called are you just you just beating up on the tomato cans you know
2: um i, I mean they're an interesting team that they're they're well, they're, they're, it, not, they're mildly interesting if you're if your best offensive player is jonathan taylor which it clearly is you're gonna have to on your defense and quitty pay had a nice game in this one he had the sack um the colts as a whole had three sacks but they hit the quarterback 10 times mm-hmm. and so if the defense is bailing you out in, in that sense i i think there's a, a a scenario for you to to make things interesting here i'm not I'm not picking the Colts to kind of suddenly threaten the Titans, who I just explained why I really like. But maybe they can make things interesting for a wild card team.
1: Agreed. Um, okay, let's head to our nation's capital, Pete Sweeney. I know you've been pumped about this. It was the wild card uh, round oh, yeah. rematch. The Washington football team successfully took down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off of their buy. Both teams oh, in this game actually coming off yeah. there by a 29 to 19 win. Uh, an unfortunate set of circumstances for Washington. By the way, Pete, looks like they have lost reigning defensive Rook of the Year Chase Young for the season uh, due to an ACL injury, certainly uh, hoping for a quick recovery there. But Washington did it, Pete. They took down Tom Brady and the Bucks. Yeah, you know what? Tyler Heineke is a... Taylor Heineke. Why is this... His name's not Tyler. You know, it's
2: national mystery here. It could be Tyler. It could be Taylor. Either way, Heineke, to me, is just such a high-variance quarterback. There's some days when he looks like the worst quarterback in the league, and then other days when he looks like he... I don't want to say among the best, but, you know, could be a top-10 guy that makes things interesting. And that's the version that the Washington football team got uh, yesterday. I think, you know, Washington it's not going to be a playoff team so the greater story of this game is losing young for the season and what that means for his future and that is the most unfortunate part of the day but back to this heineke situation heineke is today's eli manning to tom brady because if you go back to last year's playoff game they almost did it last year and it reminded me of when when the, the New York giants and Eli almost beat Brady in what was before the playoffs. And then oh, the they week 17 game the, in, in 07, the wild yeah. World, and then did it the next time. Yeah. Like for some reason, Tom Brady just dominates every great quarterback. If you look at the records, but then the, you'll have these these quarterbacks oh. that come up and they just kind of threaten him a little they, bit and I and sneak a win spot. Eli I mean, like, and Taylor are one of them. Two of them. It
1: gets it gets made out to be like Brady versus the other quarterback. But like think about the Super Bowls Tom Brady has won, right? Like he's he's yeah. you know he's beaten, right. Um, you know, like at the time, Jake DeLome, Donovan McNabb, Kurt Warner, like these great quarterbacks in in their prime. And then Russell Wilson, you know, then Matt Ryan in an MVP year, uh, Jared Goff, who, you know, that one's kind of the outlier here. Looked Patrick better. He, looked, he looked better. Right. He used to look better at, at yeah. the time. But the ones he's lost have come to Eli Manning twice and Nick Foles, which is just an amazing <laughs> phenomenon to your point. Um, makes no sense. I don't makes know. No sense. I don't know what to make of Taylor Heineke. I don't know if he's somebody I, I think if you're a Washington fan, I don't know how you feel great about this. Like like this is a great day. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not trying to just poo poo them. But Taylor Heineke's playing well enough to like keep convincing you to give him another shot. Right. And you can't like he's he's keeping you trapped in this purgatory if you're a Washington fan and you cannot have you have to move on. And, you know, it was reported over the weekend that Ryan Fitzpatrick is likely not going to return this season, which means it's the Heineken show. And ultimately, and it's a bummer for Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, I would have loved to have seen him have a shot at this. But this was a good thing, I think, that you or a blessing in disguise, I guess. You made you made lemons that or eliminated out of these lemons and that you got to see Taylor Heineken because that was what a lot of people wanted right after that playoff game. Like, hey, maybe this is the guy and seeing him all season long. I mean. Again, he's capable of delivering some nice moments for you. They led an incredible drive to ice this game late in it, uh, which was impressive. I knew you
2: loved the. I was thinking of you when they went for it on fourth down at the goal line. And I'm like, this is an R.J. decision right here.
1: It's an analytically driven decision. It's a smart person decision. So, yeah, I think that's an R.J. decision. Um, but so you're right. The The jury is. I don't even know the jury's out. The jury's on lunch, you know, when it comes to Washington and, and their future. But uh, it's when just it a, comes...
2: its a, I mean, it's a spoiler win in Week 10. I, the Washington well, football team is not going to make the postseason, right? So, well, like... And
1: T- Tampa was on bye last week when all the contenders had their big losses, right, that we talked about. So maybe this is Tampa kind of catching up saying, all right, you know, we all took one. You know, we're good to go. This was a <laughs> massive loss for the Bucks in terms of the NFC playoff picture. They are now the four seed. And if, again, they don't, but if the playoffs started today, Pete, the... Tampa Bay Buccaneers would host the Los
2: Angeles Rams. And that's one of the teams they lost to this season. It's, I mean, that, that's a massive swing. This is a, this, you know what it, it was? It was a bi-week hangover, which is on the coaching staff. I watched the, the post game presser for this and, and Bruce Arians essentially said we are a dumb football team. And that's a reflection of the coaches. I like Bruce Arians for being this media darling and this WWE style coach. That's just willing uh, to spit so, ball and tell so, you how he feels. Okay but it's better than the alternative trust me it's sure, better than I the alternative um, so and 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 i just think they came out and laid a, a giant egg i i know that we've been killing every team when they have the bad loss but this to me does not say anything about the tampa bay buccaneers now if, if they lose next week and all of a sudden the wheels start to come off that may me worry me more but this could be the wake-up call that they needed. RJ, you're you're two weeks out of what looked like very much so the Cowboys' wake-up call, so who who knows if this is actually a good thing for Tampa.
1: Well, the next time we see them, by the way, Pete, will be on Monday Night Football next week against the New York Giants. Um, as you know, a a Monday uh, night game against the Giants at home is a great get-right opportunity for many teams in the NFL, uh, but we'll get to your Chiefs in, in just a bit. Right before we do, Pete, we have to talk about the minnesota vikings now i i don't like to pat myself on the back i don't you know what i mean like you know if i if i'm right about something you know what am i supposed to do ignore the fact that i was right you know what i mean like i'm probably sorry i said
2: on the look ahead
1: that this was the kind of game the vikings would win this is the kind of game that kirk cousins would show up and more importantly that because the chargers had been charging and showing us symptoms of their old chargers themselves that this was a game the Chargers lose I mean look i I know that you also are high on the Chargers Pete it, it was such a great story when the Chargers were actually doing it right when they were coming coming to terms with you know their potential they were they were rising they were becoming what we all thought that they had the potential to be you can't lose this game if you're the Chargers you absolutely cannot lose this game Minnesota winning 27 to 20 I just man what you know, we'll talk about the Chiefs in a moment, but the Chargers had it. They had the AFC West right there in their hands. They had it right there, and they have just pissed it away. It's a shame.
2: I completely agree. They've lost three of their last four games now. Brandon Staley, who was a darling of the early season, has now like kind of just gone away from, from that, that treatment, and, and rightfully so, because you had an opportunity here where the Kansas City Chiefs were in a, in a hole. And all you had to do was take care of business against teams that you're better than. Like, I still think the L.A. Chargers are better than the Minnesota Vikings. I've been very highly critical of the Minnesota Vikings on, on this show. I love Justin Herbert. I, I really do think that he is a future star in this league. But what has happened with the Chargers franchise historically is just unbelievable. You know, like, it it, it it's a case where you you don't believe in curses of of fan bases and franchises, but if, if you did, the Chargers would be among that mix, right? Because they seemingly would have like 10 injuries a year. You're like, nothing can go right. They're finally a bit healthier than they've ever been, except now they're just having they, underwhelming. They don't, they don't performances. have any more
1: excuses. They don't because they got rid of right. the head coach. You know, they got rid of all the the poor decision making. They don't have the health. To your point, they, this is it. This is you're supposed to be good. You're supposed to be the team that takes care of the bad teams. You're supposed to be the team that contends with the good teams, and that's where they were early on. And I'm not saying that I'm out on Brandon Staley, but I thought that he did not get enough heat when the Cowboys went to L.A. to play the Chargers. Everybody killed, as you remember Mike McCarthy. how Mike McCarthy handled the end of that game, not calling timeouts, etc. Brandon Staley didn't call a single timeout on, on that Cowboys final drive to preserve time to get Justin Herbert the ball back when it looked like they were going to lose. I think we're seeing symptoms of a first-year head coach, and that's yeah. fine. That's That's and normal, but he's not in the running for coach of the year. This is an average team right now.
2: Kirk Cousins, too, you can get him off off his game. You know what I mean? And and he just looked in a groove. The last you know three series, they end up scoring in the last five games. The Chargers have given up 24 points. So they're they're supposed to be defensive minded. They're supposed to have some new juice with Lombardi on offense with Eckler and, and Herbert. And, and it seems to have fallen apart. They look to be in an extreme rut right now, and we'll see if they can get out of it. I still like them and I think they have some juice to to turn this thing around and maybe end up being a wild card team or maybe making things interesting. They still have another game with the Chiefs where they can really reverse things. But it it looks like, you know, it's it's a tale of two teams between the Chiefs and the Chargers, who are the only real candidates to win the AFC West, with one team rising and the oh, other team kind of going into their
1: run. And one team being exposed for the frauds they are, but we'll get there. My last point on the Vikings, Pete, I've been higher on Kirk Cousins than most people here on our network, and I thought he was fine this game, and I think you don't have to move a lot of goalposts to get the Vikings to a more impressive record than what they are at four and five. They barely lost that week one game against Cincinnati. They, they should have beaten Arizona in week two. They missed that game winning field goal. They, you know, Hey, they got beat up by the Browns defense. You know, that was a close game. Technically, Kirk cousins had a great end of that game at Carolina before they were by, they lost to the Cowboys. That was a stinker. No way to, you know, put any lipstick on that. They took the Baltimore Ravens down to the wire, Pete. I mean, like, this is a team that, you know, they can get in some coin flip situations. They generally don't they're win those, in, but they're, they're not on paying. the door.
2: They're in eighth place. I'm looking at it now four four and five. You got the Panthers in seventh and the Saints in sixth. But I've said it so many times, and I'm I'm going to beat this dead horse one more time. You could see the Vikings finished in sixth, seventh, eighth or ninth. Yep. And that's where are going to fit their finish until they Move on from Kirk Cousins, whether that's from five years from now or ten years, whatever it is, um it, it, it's it's living in the middle, and it's the it's it's NFL purgatory, and that's the story of the Vikings. Like, yeah, this is a great win, and I'm sure the Vikings fans are pumped, but this is going to be the same story every year because Cousins and, and Zimmer can only take you so so far.
1: I have one final thing to say about this game, Pete Tweeney and it's going to make you happy. The yeet of the week is Woo. not the yeet, it's the eat. You know, like the the uh, yeet, yeet of the week belongs to the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, so you blew it. You blew it, Chargers. You had it be. for yourselves. You were ready to become the top team in the AFC. US. You had a game in hand on the road at Arrowhead. You had everything going your way. What is keeping you somewhat alive to the point we've already made Twenty is the fact you have won some games already in the division, but it is very troubling. It is very concerning. You had it. You blew it, and now we all have to deal with all the national people coming out and jumping back on the Chiefs bandwagon. Pete Sweeney, I know that you don't want any of that because you guys never doubted at Arrowhead Pride. You knew the Chiefs were going to be back. They were going to come out with authority and beat the Las Vegas Raiders on the road on Sunday Night Football, 41-14, to the final score. Five tutties for Patrick Mahomes. It seems like the Chiefs are back. As mentioned, we will have everyone covered on their upcoming game against the Cowboys. But our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook have them as two and a half point favorites to open up that game. The narrative has swung, Pete. The Chiefs are back.
2: (laughs) I had the Chiefs winning this football game by six. I did not expect the 41-14 explosion. I think what had me doing that was the defense had finally shown signs leading into this game and i i just knew in my heart of hearts that there's no way the that patrick oh man there's Mom, no way that Mama patrick sweetie mahomes, raised a sweet boy yeah i am sweet and there's no way that patrick mahomes and andy Reid could continue putting out these dismal offensive performances for the whole season i just knew it i knew it i knew that they would finally figure it out Patrick Mahomes looked as comfortable as he has the entire season. He was living in what was the checkdown and the intermediate and the, the chiefs were running the football. They were having um, running back passes that I believe Darrell Williams ended up finishing with, with nine, um, nine catches and over a hundred receiving yards. And guess what? By putting together these methodical drives, it added pressure on the Las Vegas Raiders who couldn't match. There was a terrible gaffe by Deshaun Jackson in this game with Rashad and, oh. The cornerback knocking the ball out of his hands. That was a game-changing play in my mind, um, because it looked like it might, it might be a shootout. And, and finally, for once, it looked like the chiefs of old where they just kept on stacking and stacking and putting the pressure on this team, playing complementary football. You saw how playing methodical football offensively finally opened the deep shots later on, because the Raiders were having to try to figure yeah. out a way to blitz and get the ball back and, and whatnot. And so yeah, it was a vintage chief's performance. I've said, okay you beat these two teams and the New York Giants who stink and then the the Packers with Jordan Love that's one thing can you do it against a good football team check they've now done it against Derek Carr they got a lot of stuff going on who knows how much it's it's been impacting them now the grand question is can you do it against a legitimate super bowl contender we think the Cowboys have only had that one stinker uh, despite their their initial op- opening game loss which they could have won that game. So really it's just been the one stinker all year. This is an NFC contender. Can you beat them in your home field where you're slightly favored? I, I need to see a re- repeat performance against an elite team because the old Chiefs, the vintage Chiefs, if they are the for real vintage Chiefs, they would have their hand against an elite team like that against the Buffalo Bills, for example, against the up and coming Cleveland Browns. Can you do it against the Dallas Cowboys team? who is hungry and hasn't really been here before in a lot of years and is going to want to take this game in Kansas City. I'm excited for it, and I'm happy because, my God, we have been talking about this game for over a year, and it would have been a shame, selfishly, for you and I, RJ, if the Chiefs were continuing to play like trash and the Cowboys were just playing well and the Cowboys just came in and rolled them over. Now, I think this is the most intriguing game maybe of the year, uh nationally, even if you're not a fan of these teams.
1: Yeah, I think that's well said. Uh, Cowboys Chiefs gonna do stupid numbers, stupid ratings. Uh, it's gonna be fantastic. I'll be honest, I would have still enjoyed it if the Chiefs were still floundering and the Cowboys uh <laughs>
2: were at the peak of their power. Well, powers. you're gonna get and you're gonna see this thrown around a lot this week, and I think it's rightfully so. And I, I not a lot of fans of other teams that listen to this, but it's gonna be the Super Bowl preview storyline i i and i really think because the chiefs were able to do what they did on sunday night football that that is possible now is that the case no well if we've learned we've learned throughout this season that things can change within a matter of two weeks two weeks two weeks goodbye you're like oh well, god we got a whole whole bunch of uh, new contenders here but right now you know why not why not Back to the Chiefs and
1: in this game. Um, I had said this on the look ahead, Pete, that the wins against the Giants and the Packers were kind of the least inspiring two wins that that you could have, right? And I, I, yeah. I know that that was kind of the vibe. This was not that. And you you mentioned, you used the word vintage a lot. Patrick Mahomes had a great game. Tyreek Hill had a great game. Travis Kelsey had a great game. Chris Jones had a great game. This was just like, you know, th- like th- these were the good times. You know what I mean? That That's what this was. This was, you know, this was this, these were the uh, what's the Andy Bernard quote? I wish there was a, a way to know you in the good old days before you left them. You got back yeah, to, right. to the good old days. Um, and so kudos to the Chiefs. I mean, on the road, division rival. I know the Raiders have have obviously dealt with a lot this season, but it's a big win for them. Before we leave this game, Pete, um, Chris Collinsworth said this on the broadcast. I thought it was a, a poignant point. Has this season just been too much for the Raiders? I mean, you know, it, it, that's what last night. It, the end of this game was because it was competitive early on before the Chiefs just kind of and that, again, was sort of a vintage Chiefs quality just kind of explode. And and the other team blinks and it's over. I think, um, and, I and think they, they kind of looked yeah. they, they looked just defeated. So I speak. think
2: initially when you have an interim coach, you get some juice from that. Right. And it can be positive. And then at a certain point, you know, you start to remember, OK, maybe this guy's never done this before. And and maybe we don't have the right exact you know, answers in a certain scenario. And then, you know, you have a point in the game and I had mentioned it that to me, that was the key play of the game, despite the offensive uh, success of the Kansas City Chiefs. It was a defensive play. It was Deshaun Jackson, who is not an exact replacement, but supposed to be the replacement for rugs. Right. And he, you got this play to him and you're like, OK, you know what? Maybe this could work out. But Tyron Matthew tips the ball. He still is able to make the catch, but he's completely disoriented and starts running to the sideline almost in a sense. And that opens it up for the Chiefs. And then to me, that's when the Raiders quicksand began. And and you know, if you want to look at it in the bigger picture it's is the season going through that quick stand again and and it's a it's a shame because it's been a lot of off the field stuff and it looked like a, a really legitimate Raiders team with a version of Derek Carr that I mean we said it last year we've said it dating back to the days that uh, Michael Kiss the bus man was still on this podcast if Derek Carr could just play like he played the Kansas City Chiefs in 2020 which was throwing down the field Having some guts. And he was doing that to this point. Um, he looked uh, very human, uh, I thought, in this game. And the Raiders just couldn't overcome uh, what were a lot of mistakes, penalties and whatnot, and, and the, the turnovers. And you just wonder, is this expanded to the season and not just in this uh, football game?
1: You know, you look at the NFC and it's really top heavy, right? All the division leaders and the Rams, you know, the top wildcard right now are all stout. And then it looks like they're going to get two real stinkers in those those last two wildcard spots. Whereas in the AFC, it's just kind of like every it's the Titans right now. And it's kind of like everybody else. There's a lot of good teams. And it's, so, yeah, I, it's
2: a it's a Michael Buffer. Let's right. get ready to rumble situation where you um, you're, you're going to get some some playoff games. You know, in WWE, if you're a fan of wrestling, we call them popcorn matches where you go you go to the bathroom, you know, that who cares about this. You're going to have someone wild wildcard weekend or maybe you could take a nap or head out to the pumpkin patch.
1: Right. Well, pumpkin patch in, in January? I mean, you know, I don't know
2: what you're doing there, but um but uh my point was going
1: to be I think the Raiders <laughs> is are there still ever, gonna,
2: you, you have to you, ha, you you can't go to the pumpkin patch in January. What my No, where, it's, where do you go in gone. January? it's too cold out. I mean, <laughs> All especially, right, sledding. you know, you go sledding. Uh, there them. we go. There we
1: go. Um, but I do think the Raiders are still going to, going to limp to that maybe seven seed. You know, they're just, they're just going to kind of sneak in. Um, and and so I think no. that's a real advantage for that two seed. That, that no. top, you know, that non buy getter,
2: I think is going to get that Raiders team in the wild card round. And just and as your boy, uh, Michael Irvin, did on NFL Network a, le- a week ago, he took a gigantic fork and stuck it in the Kansas City Chiefs. And he's going to have to eat that, I think, this week. But, uh, but, yeah, I'm going to stick my giant fork in the Raiders. Uh, there was a fork in this game, by the way. There was yeah. a fork in this game. <laughs> oh, the scissors. So, the scissors yeah, whatever moment. it was. That's, that was that the was... turning point of the season for the Chiefs. I tweeted it out a year from now. If we if we look back and the Chiefs have a, a really successful season, that Raider picked up those scissors, and I said, this is a weird moment. This could be <laughs> it. This is what we're going to look back at and say, my God, everything was different after he picked up those scissors. And And I – I do not see the Raiders making the postseason. This looks we'll like see. a very eight and nine, nine and eight year. And I do not think that they're going to be able to get out of that. Their, next, make, matchup, make the postseason in that.
1: their next matchup is at home against a pissed off Bengals team who lost to the Jets. Bengals are going to win, that game. Uh, well, gonna win then, that game. And then the Raiders head to, to Dallas for Thanksgiving. El, uh, Two yeah. else. There you go.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: Speaking of L's, not trying to pat myself on the back again. You know what I mean? But again. No, right. But if, to pat yourself if, on the back. If I'm back. what do you want me to do about being right? I said, that the thing that upset me the most Pete, about mm. the way that the Cowboys lost to the Broncos, and, and this is Dallas's fault, was that they gave life to the Broncos' illogical line of logic. I've been saying, you said my favorite word this season has been fraud, that the Broncos were frauds. I maintained last week that they were frauds. The Cowboys just, you know, just pooped themselves. Had that's, a stinker. that's what happened. They had a stinker. Right. They, they had a stinker. They Today's lost word to of the, the day
2: is stinker.
1: <laughs> they they lost to what the great. frauds. That's I said word. that the Eagles would come out and win by double digits and expose the frauds for who they are. The Philadelphia Eagles, Pete Tweeney, victorious the in the mile high city, 30 to 13, the final score. As the fraudulent Denver uh. Broncos were exposed for the frauds that they are and man alive. The heat is on Teddy Bridgewater because Darius Slay picked up a fumble, ran it back and Teddy B made a business decision and wanted nothing to do with tackling him. The vibes are bad in Denver. P. Tweeney and RJ Ochoa, your best pal. He called
2: it. I can't really blame Bridgewater for that. If he gets injured on that play, it's a Jason street situation. We don't want to see that either. I uh,
1: actually, the, I, the actor that plays Jason Street, Scott Porter, is incidentally a Denver Broncos fan. So nice, well, nice poetry there, uh,
2: poetry in motion right there. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I knew that the Broncos were not legitimate. Uh, I, I really. I really do think that that Vic Fangio is not it. I think they got to get some new energy there. They they certainly need he a new quarterback. He pounded his
1: chest. He said, "We came in. We beat the Cowboys. We got a great plan." You have a terrible plan, Vic Fangio, and it was exposed. Frauds.
2: I, I, I think. What is going to not only with Fangio, but what is going to come under the microscope by the end of the season when the Broncos are, are likely going to be last in the AFC West is decision to take Sertan and not go and, and get yourself a quarterback um, in that spot. Right. Because, you know, like Mac Jones looks great. Fields looks like he has something to him and you're rolling Teddy Bridgetwater out there with with Drew Locke waiting in the wings and you're just so far from being good. Uh, just because the Jets beat the Titans doesn't mean the Jets are good. Just because Washington beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers doesn't mean that the Washington football team is good. And just because the Broncos beat the Cowboys in a random week doesn't mean the Broncos are good. There's a lot to to a lot of room to grow here. And then on the other side with the Eagles, I, your I think, birds, yeah, the birds. <laughs> you know that? Wow, that beautiful. And I I I think you know they played a good football game and it was efficient. I think they have um, more hope. Than the Denver Broncos and this was like a hope game and and not to say that I think the Eagles and Sirianni and Hertz are are going to be the future of this franchise, but they sure as hell have more hope than the Denver Broncos and what they have working with.
1: You know, um, I think that's the the perfect word for this this Eagles game because. Any Eagles fan that's being or that has been honest with themselves has known that this season was not about competing. Like right? this season was about, give me hope, right? You know, give, give me something to hope and to look forward to. Next year we'll have all the draft picks. You know what I mean? Like it, it, we'll figure this out together. And you hadn't had that moment. You had that moment, not because you won, but because of Devontae Smith. Devontae finally had the that's why we drafted him game on yep. his birthday, Um, as a matter I'm of fact. But, I mean, just what a great performance. He is um, so, you know, an, a kid, you know, what I mean, as, as they say, by the way, Pete Sweeney, happy belated birthday to you. You celebrated last week, you know, congratulations on uh, on the double three. So you're a whole decade older than Devontae Smith. How does that make you feel? My God,
2: I don't even <laughs> want to think about it. I don't even <laughs> um, want to think about it. Something you know, else. 14th, I... though, it is Scorpio season. Born in 1998. I was born in in, in 1988, product of the 80s
1: mm-hmm uh that explains all the neon in your wardrobe I'm fortunate but to
2: be aging like a fine wine i will that's say true. That. i'm looking at you myself you look great in the, you look you. great
1: sound great smell great yeah. i mean all of it um yeah, some, I something i did like from this game pete um i don't know if you saw this because i know you were really busy getting ready to be busy uh the philadelphia eagles wore a new uniform did you see this I Took a nap see?
2: yeah i took a nap around yet yeah, midday uh, well, I
1: don't blame you. The Eagles are playing not a great team. But uh, white jerseys, black pants. First time they ever assembled this particular combination of uniform. How did it look? Uh, you know, it's not, they're not a great team. But, I mean, you know, it's interesting. And what I liked about this, Pete Tweeney, I saw this from our pal, BLG. Do they still, Hume, uh, Stasso, do the podcast, you know? Who? And <laughs> I saw BLG tweeted about this. Jalen said after the game that it was his idea that he went to Mr. Lurie, as he mentioned him, uh, to Jeffrey Lurie, uh, and he suggested this uniform combination. Now, four years ago, Des Bryant suggested a uniform combination the Cowboys used against the New York Giants, and they have since used... Um, several times, you know, in, in the aftermath of that. I love this. I love teams listening to their players about what looks cool and stuff like this. You tweeted, that, and I agreed with you, by the way, the Chiefs wore they're all whites on Sunday night. That's their best look. I that like works. this. L- listen to your players. This, th- good vibes for the Philadelphia Eagles this week.
2: Yeah, and here's the thing about uniforms. I, I am not somebody that necessarily believes in superstition but the eagles go out and they have this fantastic football game. You got to lean into these jerseys now. Just like the chiefs have to lean into their white on white jerseys. You went out there and had the one of the better performances of the season in both of these cases. Let's keep the good vibes going here. White I, tops,
1: not, black pants. I
2: I I think I think it's a uh, it's it's the right move and and you know there is something to, you know, maybe I don't believe in superstition, but maybe the players do and I think there is something to good vibes. So keep the good vibes rolling, RJ, right?
1: Woo! Uh, let's go, Merch! M
2: T L E S Eagles! Um, okay. Coming for the Cowboys, by the
1: way. Um, what, so, who's um, next week? Over the weekend, Pete Tweeney, I, uh, I would argue that there was no bigger loser, at least in the, uh, the national conversation, than Jake Gyllenhaal. Rough weekend to be Jake Gyllenhaal. Can you explain um,
2: to me what happened with that? Just very briefly, he, he was the victim of an album or something?
1: I can't, like, I don't know the full intricacies of this, but my uh, sort of surface level understanding. So I, Stats and I mentioned Taylor Swift re-released an album, uh, Red. Yes, that, that I do, uh, yes. And, and it's due to contractual things. She's re-releasing it to maintain control over it. You know, great, good for her. Um, one of the songs, uh, and again, this album originally released in 2012, is about uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's treatment of her. Uh, during their relationship and so that song came back out so you know jake gyllenhaal had to relive all of the right. animosity that Taylor Swift fans you know feel on behalf of her towards him right uh, sure. so not a great weekend to be jake gyllenhaal the biggest loser again on a national maybe worldwide well basis. you know what
2: a- everybody needs a friend so i'm just gonna announce myself i'm team jake I-, well, I don't know exactly what happened my point here is that jake was was a big time loser this
1: weekend <laughs> but somebody oh. who did not lose pete sweeney Uh-oh. What? The Detroit Lions Woo! did not lose in week 10. They tied the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers 16-all 0-8-1. Hey, Pete, they will, they, the Detroit Lions will not be the first team in NFL history to go 0-17 during a regular season.
2: Yeah. Um, wow, what an ugly game this was. <laughs> no one should have to watch a game between Mason Rudolph uh, I, sorry, and, I, w- I want to
1: say, say one thing. Uh, this goes back to the uniform thing. Um, the, the, the Detroit Lions play in, you know, they're not a South, southern based team or anything, don't get me wrong, but their uniform color, the blue, in case anybody doesn't know the name of it, is Honolulu Blue. It's the name of it. So it's a very, very, you know, sort of warm climate shade of blue, right? Hona, lot- maybe they should just shorten it and go Honolulu. Oh, wow, Pete, that is one of the best things you've ever said. Uh, but my point here is some uniforms don't look good in the cold. You know what I mean? No. Like it just it doesn't. I, I don't like seeing the Lions or the Dolphins uniforms in the cold. Doesn't make sense in my mind.
2: Uh, but go ahead. Sure. No, um, no. I, I, you know, I watched a bit of this game. It was one of the early games. And it just kind of brought me to the question of like, how is Mason Rudolph even a backup in the NFL? Like mm-hmm. He should not be backing up for anybody because the backup so he as played
1: we... just to set the stage. Sorry, uh, Ben Roethlisberger placed on the COVID list very yep. late in the process for this. So kind of a, a late inactive in that sense. So it was the Mason Rudolph show to your point.
2: Right. Like, if, I'll, I'll give you examples. So Mike White has come in and looks good. Right. For a backup. Not Colt McCoy. Week, right. Oh, good, fine. Yeah. I mean, but he looks fine enough. Colt McCoy came in and won a game. You had Cooper Rush come in and win a game there's been times when when these games where the backup has to play has looked good enough and you know you kind of just keep the ship ahead i look at mason rudolph this looks like a guy who cannot win a football game and i i i wondered sometimes like should teams be spending more money and paying more attention to the backups because if you just think about how the playoffs work and how it can sometimes come down to one game between a bye or not or one game between a home field game or not. And then you know you, you have a Steelers team who is fine. They're they're fighting here to to make the postseason. And now instead of having uh because if you have a decent backup you win this game, right? So instead of being six and three, you're now five, three, and one. Will that one come back to haunt them when it comes to seeding and or even making the playoffs? Couldn't you or see Or the
1: division? I mean, like the division. You know, it's a tough division right now. Right. Um, I agree. I mean, and we'll see what the Steelers look like when they get Ben Roethlisberger back. I'm not a believer in them at all. This not not a fair evaluation of them, obviously, because he didn't play. But they are on Sunday Night Football this week Pete Sweeney, at the Los Angeles Chargers. When do we uh, get flex? When does flex begin? I think right after Thanksgiving, but this is, I'm, I'm interested to see this game. Remember that, that, you know, a few years ago when Pittsburgh, I I think it was the duck Hodges here that Pittsburgh visited the chargers and the the chargers uh, chargers played the Steelers, like whatever crowd anthem song as a troll, but there were more Steelers fans there. So it became this like, you know, reverse troll. Um, So we'll see. That's, that's an interesting game. I mean, look, this is Pittsburgh's upcoming schedule, dude. It is not easy. They are at the Los Angeles Chargers. They are at the Cincinnati Bengals. Then they host the Baltimore Ravens. Then they are at the Minnesota Vikings, who, you know, we agree are are cute and spicy. Then they host the Tennessee Titans. Then they are at the Kansas City Chiefs. Then they host the Cleveland Browns on Monday Night Football. Last Monday Night Football game of the year, by the way. And then they are at the Baltimore Ravens to finish the season. Those are all difficult games for them. I mean, you're right. Like, you had to have
2: this win because you're facing a gauntlet to end the season. Right. And it comes down to the roster construction of having Mason Rudolph as your backup, and you knew that Mason Rudolph was this. They had an opportunity. When well, you knew to see that Ben
1: Roethlisberger before. wasn't reliable, as, as well, well. You know I what mean? mean, you
2: can't. This COVID thing, you th- can't really th- predict. This but. you
1: couldn't predict, but you knew that he, from a health perspective, generally right. So you should have. You
2: should have been better equipped. Right. That's my point. There. No. Yeah. No. I completely agree. And and we'll see what it what it ends up costing them. I I've come come around on on on, I think the lack of respect that Mike Tomlin just because of that tough schedule. I could just see the Pittsburgh Steelers being right there. And now I just wonder if this tie is going to be the thing that makes them the eighth seed instead of the seventh seed.
1: Seeding is all over the place right now, as evidenced by the Arizona Cardinals falling to the Carolina Panthers. The 2015 NFC Championship game rematch, this time in the desert as opposed to the Carolinas, went the Panthers way just like that title game did. Carolina victorious, Pete, 34 to 10. Not enough from Colt McCoy for the Cardinals to win both games without Kyler Murray. Uh, two games now they have played two an important number because that was how many touchdowns Cam Newton scored for the Panthers in his return as the team's quarterback. You could say what you want about how great you think Cam is right now. This was awesome to see, I think, objectively, unless you're a Cardinals fan, this was just a really cool story. Um, and I don't think there's any, any way to deny, Pete, that Cam brought a juice. I mean, like, there, there was a tangible energy that Cam Newton brought to this Panthers team.
2: Best story in the NFL. Best story in the NFL. Um, uh, you know, Cam Newton was thrown away for a rookie. That rookie is succeeding, probably the right decision in New England. And Cam Newton was left without a job. And a lot of times when that happens, you never really see that quarterback again. And maybe you see him the next year in like a backup type of role, or maybe they're fighting for a starter job that they ultimately ended up losing. And then they're just a backup, which Cam has gone on in record in saying that he's willing to do that. Fortunately for him, Sam Darnold stinks. Uh, that has become legitimate. I think everyone realizes that. You know, Walker is only going to take you so far. There was a golden opportunity here, and I think kudos to the Carolina ownership. Right,
1: swallowing for, some pride,
2: swallowing pride, yeah. and saying, you know what, maybe this could be an option for us. The guy, what did he play? He played. It, it looks like seven plays, and he scored two touchdowns. And that that video of him. In his old jersey again, the old number one that they didn't give away, screaming, I'm back into the camera. That felt like a legendary moment. And this is the best story in the NFL. I think everybody and and should be rightfully intrigued to see how far the Carolina Panthers can go. And my God, it was the worst story in the NFL just weeks ago with the Sam Darnold experiment miserably failing. This is suddenly a franchise, I think you put it best, that has some legitimate juice, and I cannot wait to watch it.
1: Uh, the Cardinals, are we, and it's hard to evaluate them because again, they're playing without Kyler Murray, but are we worried? They are at Seattle on Sunday before they're by. And then they come out of it to visit the bears before they get the Rams and
2: they visit the lions.
1: And then the Colts, no. I mean, they their schedule softening not that it was difficult. Um, is this just a can't, blip? This this is a Kylerless blip.
2: Can't worry about it until a Kyler comes back and they look the same. Like they look like they're not like the team that they are. They were at the beginning of the season at all or this Kyler Murray injury continues to tailspin and get worse and suddenly he's missing more time and they fall uh even further down. Before we exit this game, RJ, um a little, little bit of a change to the awards. It's the cam up of the oh! week. Come on. Come on, Cam Newton. Let's uh, congr- go Pete. Congratulations. Yeah. Pete, uh, you are on, on fire. Holy I'm, crap. You are I'm, on
1: Ahana Blulu, the cam up of the week, the Chiefs you know, are back. And for anyone the, who's only listening, Pete looks immaculate in his sweater combination yeah, today. I mean, Pete, the, you are thriving right now. My,
2: my God, what, a, you know, it, setbacks paved the way for comebacks, as I've said many times. And and Cam Newton certainly uh, deserves the, the cam up of the week. And again, it's the best story in the NFL. I'll, I'll reiterate that. Let's see where it goes.
1: I am in awe. I'm just I'm just proud to be your friend. You know, really sometimes
2: you know how like you get those stories from Major League Baseball, and I I, I remember there's been a few of these where the guy pitches a no hitter or a perfect game. He's like, "Yeah, I was hungover in that game." You know, <laughs> I I'm on three hours of sleep after covering Sunday night football, and I am pitching a perfect game here on Monday you, Football Monday. You,
1: you know what it is right now, Pete, and I've I've made this analogy before. It's like when you play a video game or something, and like this this heavy action is happening, and you you're kind of like. You've lost focus. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And, and you know that if you actually focus your vision, it, you'll lose it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'll, you'll, right. you'll lose whatever. You You just have to live in that chaotic moment, and you are doing it wonderfully. Yeah, hard. thank you. Thanks, um, let's, uh, let's, we mentioned the snow. Uh, you want to go sledding uh, in January. Uh, the mm-hmm. Green Bay Packers and Seattle Seahawks' Lambo just looks beautiful at night with snow falling on the ground. This game, Pete, was gross. It was disgusting. Um, it, I've said this before, it made me like football less, uh, if I'm being honest. But, uh, Russell Wilson was shut out for the first time in his career after returning from injury and telling everybody that he rehabbed, what was it, 19 hours a day you sent me? Um,
2: 19 hours a day. That means he only slept five hours a day.
1: Just, Russell, I, I love at least seven and a half hours. That, that try hard stuff looks so bad when it backfires on you, like it did in this game. Um, it pains me to say this, Pete, but the Packers. I I want to give it to Matt Lafleur more than anybody else. Matt Lafleur <laughs> deserves an enormous amount of credit for handling the last ten days for the Packers, the turbulence of them, um, and you know, to be frank, too, winning this game without working with Aaron Rodgers at all last week because he returned on Saturday. Um, this was this was an ugly win, but a but a good win, a needed win nonetheless for the Green Bay Packers. They just like the Cowboys, I I, you know, was going to get to this, but benefited from the Buccaneers loss, from the Cardinals loss. I mean, the Green Bay Packers are the number one seed in the NFC right now, Pete Sweeney. I don't believe in their future long term this season, but Matt LaFleur is is a really great coach.
2: Yeah. I I, I think that he's in a in a way, legitimizing himself as far as being one of the up and comer slash better coaches in the NFL, and and come just some somebody... up and comers. Sure, uh, we already gave it away this week. Up, but up and
1: come is like the reverse of come up. So,
2: the, I like when a team can can establish themselves as the number one team in a conference because then you know they're in a position where if they just win, right? I mean, right. you could really Control lock your this own up. destiny. That's right. I the the saying that doesn't make any sense, but um, I I. I like it for the Packers here. Uh, it it seems like the season is over for Seattle, so I I just think this game is is a case of uh, very much two teams on opposite ends of the the spectrum. You can't really see a scenario in which Seattle digs itself out of this three and six hole. I, I think they're just going to lose at least two more games, and then you're questioning whether or not they can make the playoffs at that point. So,
1: yeah, this season has gone about the way it it made sense it would when russell wilson wanted out i mean aaron Rodgers wanted out don't get me wrong but russell was the one who who released a a list of teams you know what i mean like it was it was very obvious he had one foot out the door the injury was unforeseen uh but this just has not been a great year i mentioned dk metcalf at the very top tried to re-enter this game after being ejected um which is is you know i think everybody had some laughs about like ha, it's so funny but no it's not i mean because like that's going to. It hurt was a bad.
2: Team. It was a. We we glossed over this in the 16-16 tie, but it was a bad day for NFL players understanding of the rules of the game. Oh Naj- man, Najee Harris didn't realize that the game could tie. There were a couple nah, people I'm on the. That. There were a couple people apparently on the Detroit sideline. I read this as well. Who someone asked, "Well, what happens after this quarter?" And a couple people answered, "It goes into a bonus." overtime so there was multiple people on the field that did how not you realize not know this how does a coach that you could I mean, tie just um and then metcalf what if they had run the play i'm just curious as to like what happens at that point does the game revert Do they take him out and the game reverts back does he what's the punishment after that i, I imagine he's going to be fined already for yeah. walking back into the field but if they had run a play is that a suspension like i you know what i mean i I don't, I would have liked to have seen the scenario where they run it and he had already been ejected.
1: See, and NFL officials are having a rough go, um, and getting a lot of criticism because yeah. they're, they're, they are. You know, they're not being, they're not great right now, but this one, I don't put on officials like that's on the Seattle coaching staff. Like th- there should be. You know, there should be like some sort of protocol, right? Like player, what what do you do? You know, Pete Sweeney, you're on our Seahawks staff. When a player's ejected, it's your job to go get that player and escort them to the locker room, right? Like pretty simple. Well, stuff. Well the
2: thing about it is that um is that uh the staffs now are just huge. It's not a case where you don't have enough people. I mean, there's assistance on assistance, there's assistance to the assistants, there's an assistant to the regional manager, like mm. there should be somebody. I, I know that there's a challenge guy. I know that there's an analytics guy, probably two analytics guys. There's a, there's
1: a hold back guy. We've all had that conversation team. a thousand Clip, times. Yeah, right? no.
2: clipboard man. Someone has
1: got... Have the ejected guy, right.
2: The assistant of the wide receivers coaches or, or somebody on that staff should have been like, hey, uh, that looks like Metcalf, who has just been ejected, is going out onto the field again. Like, maybe we should prevent this from happening, yeah.
1: Um, the Green Bay Packers' next two games: Pete Sweeney on the road at Minnesota, and then at home at Lambeau Field uh, the Sunday after Thanksgiving against the Los Angeles Rams. Before their bye, they are eight and two. I will say to you now: I believe they entered the bye with an eight and four record.
2: You think they lose those two games? Who were they against? One more time.
1: In Minnesota this week, and then the Rams next week at home.
2: No, I think they go one and one, but uh, but who knows? They, it, I I'm not going to tell you who which one they lose and which one they win because Kirk Cousins is. Mr. Random and the Rams uh, seem like they're lost an- the Los Angeles randoms more so than the Rams right re- recently when uh, it comes to performances
1: burn. Um. last thing on this uh, Aaron God. Jones had an injury it was reported as we were recording this oh, streaming yeah. this that Aaron Jones has a mild MCL sprain and is expected to be out one to two weeks
2: had a must uh, win in my league of record uh, the opposing team AJ Dillon so thank you to uh, to Jones for, for leaving this game early.
1: Uh, well, um, he's gonna miss these two games that we're talking about, so we'll see how those go. Uh, three blowouts to get through very quickly, Pete Sweeney. The Buffalo Bills are back, one with authority against the New York Jets, 45 to 17. Stephon Diggs went off. Um, you've, you've said it, we've said it, I've said it, a lot of people have said it. Good teams lose weird games. That happened to the Bills last week. Happened to the Cowboys, as you mentioned. Happened to the Buccaneers this week. I mean, it, you know, the Rams lost to the Titans last you week. Know, but, you know, you're gonna
2: drop some weird games. The nine-six to Jacksonville hits a little bit different, but sure. good for them. Good for them to right write the ship. And I think this was big for Diggs because although Diggs has been solid this year, he hasn't been Mr. Superman, like we saw last year, right. and perhaps this is an open the floodgates type of effort for him. And I think the the Bills needed to write the ship. It if it's one thing, if you have this terrible loss and you don't come back next week and or, and play angry like you you'll see a lot of times the Bills did that, the Cowboys did that. Um, you know, we'll see where the Bills could go from here. But man, this is just an exciting, exciting league right now in both conferences. It, I mean, it it just feels so. Wide open. There are so many Super Bowl combinations, and this is what the NFL wants, and they're getting it.
1: Agreed. The New England Patriots, uh, with authority, took down the Cleveland Browns, Pete, forty-five to seven. Jacoby Myers caught a touchdown for the first time in his career. Shout out to Brian Hoyer being the guy to finally break the seal there. Uh, oh, that man. was a great, great moment. Honestly, Jacoby Myers has been such a productive receiver for the for the Patriots. So nice to see him score. Um, look, Pete, again. I don't like to pat myself on the back. All right. But mm-hmm. facts are facts. And this one is espionation doubt. On the look ahead, Rob Stats Greer, and I had a conversation about this game. And I said that I think that Mac Jones' ceiling is higher than Baker Mayfield's. I think we've seen Baker Mayfield's ceiling. In fact, I specifically said we tweeted this clip out, Stats did that. Baker tends and the Browns with Baker tend to run into walls with Baker Mayfield. There was a response to this tweet, Pete Tweeney, that Rob Stats Guerrero had from Dogs by Nature, SB Nation's home for Cleveland Browns content. They responded, Pete Tweeney, in all caps, L-O-L. Mm. Huh. Interesting. Interesting set of circumstances here when Mac Jones came out and had his way with the Brownies and Baker Mayfield was uh, incapable of doing anything himself.
2: Yeah, I think you're starting to get to the question where the Browns have to look themselves in the mirror about Baker Mayfield. how about this?
1: How about Aaron Rodgers or the Browns next year?
2: Russell Wilson, like one of these quarterbacks, Derek
1: Carr. You know what I mean? Like, is that impossible?
2: No, I don't think it is. And I, you know, I think if you're a Brown fan, just because you, you might feel that way, doesn't mean you're a bad Browns fan. I think you're a realistic one. I don't know about Baker Mayfield. I've said it before. Mac Jones outclassed him. In this game, and I know that there's been injuries and whatnot, which is going to really muddle the decision making process in this because I think some people who are in support of Baker Mayfield is going to say he was just banged up in 2021. Right. But this is a team that made the playoffs last year and, and to me projects like one that won't this year, especially with with the Patriots seeming like they're, they're now, right. about to reclaim their position. And it is going to be fascinating to watch. Uh, as as they, they call it in the offseason, the quarterback carousel. Will the Cleveland Browns be a part of it? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you one thing that I do know from covering Chiefs and Browns games. Kevin Stefanski is not going to give you a hint as to what they're going to do about this. And so uh, we're going to have to see it play out in the actions.
1: Are the Patriots going to win the AFC East? Do you, do you think that's like, give me a percentage that that's possible. I think it's like 55 percent. 50 to 55
2: you think so more than half so you would pick (laughs) them over the
1: like like depending on the moment 50 to 55 you know what i mean like it, it i think it's a 50 50 proposition at worst you know what I mean, like, yes, we saw the Bills come back yesterday, and that's encouraging. And I know that the, the nine to six loss is the most troubling all loss right. that a contender right, here we has go. Taken. Let's let's put it this and, way: and the free, Bills free. struggled to beat the Dolphins the week before. Like, about, of all about, the, of all the fluky things, Buffalo's have been the most concerned. Let,
2: let me look at New England. Let me look at New England's schedule here for a second. All right, I, let's put it this way: it they, they, got they two, are at
1: Atlanta on
2: Thursday night. They got two Bills Bills games uh, still. One on all Monday right. Night, I'm football. I'm gonna I, I you gotta always put it this way. And, and especially now that that betting is becoming more popular and people can understand it a little bit better. Let's just say a free million dollar bet. All you got to do is pick the winner of the AFC East. I think I'm picking New England. Me too. Yeah, it's crazy sure. because I don't I, you know, it. I don't want to call the bills a one hit wonder, but maybe so a one hit wonder when it comes to having a stronghold on this division. Mac Jones looks like a freaking veteran, man. And and this is a, a defensive team that, that Bill Belichick uh, runs here. And the Patriots are going to be very interesting because, you know, I'll I'll put it this way. So Mac Jones enters the season and he's a rookie. After you play a 17 game schedule, he's more like a second year player. What can the Patriots do in the postseason with a guy with this many games under his belt? I'm, I'm uh, it, it is a di- it's a, it's that team in March Madness that you don't want to see. It's my Syracuse Orange. Oh, the 13 seed. Here comes Syracuse. They're going to be running the zone. I don't want to see the New England Patriots on the Kansas City Chiefs or any of these teams in the the postseason.
1: Last thing on on these two teams, Pete Sweeney. So this Sunday, the Cleveland Browns host the Detroit Lions. Next Sunday, the New England Patriots host the Tennessee Titans. What is more likely? The Patriots knock off the Titans or the Browns fall to the Lions?
2: That's a good question. Because I I I think both are very possible. I think it's more likely $3 million pa- dollar bet right here. I think the, I think it's more likely that the Patriots beat the Titans. The the Detroit Lions stink. I mean they were <laughs> they, they were playing Mason Rudolph this, this this week and I felt like any other team in the league would have won that game against okay. the Steelers. Uh, well said last
1: game before a uh, brief Monday night football preview uh, saved the best for last. I would say the Dallas Cowboys uh, demolished the Atlanta Falcons 43 to three, the final score, the Dallas Cowboys, Pete Sweeney. Don't know if you saw this scored 29 points in the second quarter offensively. That is the most points that they have ever scored in any single quarter ever, actually not offensively, just in general um, 29 points in the second quarter. Mm. Well, it was at one point it was twenty eight to three Dan Quinn was in the building, so it was a lot of fun yeah. uh, you know what I mean um
2: second quarter team right <laughs> what was know, our hey what was our burrito bet last week?
1: I forgot oh man uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sucks um I think right. it. I think it was the Vikings and the Chargers. I think I took the Vikings and you took the Chargers. I, I yeah, think that's what it was. That
2: it does. I don't remember it. After all, uh, I, I guess the burrito bet is is by default this week. So what do we don't even have to discuss it, right?
1: Right, right. Um, Dan Quinn um, in his first opportunity to face the Atlanta Falcons did not allow a single touchdown. His defense did not, at least. Um, you know very quickly on our post-game show last week after the Cowboys lost to the frauds, um, you know, we were all <laughs> saying this, this is, this is a blip on the radar. You know, they were overconfident, etc. But I said, then I said, the only way that we will know this to be true is if they come out and manhandle the Falcons next week, not if they beat him, you know, but if they come out, they went with authority, then we'll, well then we'll come back. We'll say, yeah, that loss to the frauds, that really was, you know, just, just kind you of a really bad thing.
2: You you really developed a, a deep hatred for the Denver Broncos. I, I kind of like
1: hate, it. I hate the lack of logic in life.
2: You know what I mean? Like, be logical. No. I, have, I
1: have no problem if you if you disagree with me or I disagree with you. But if you're doing it in a logical sense, I have zero issue with that. Right. Um, Monday right, Night Football, right. Pete Tweeney, the Manning cast, is back. We'll see uh, how Philip Rivers announces his return to the NFL. I thought this was really interesting. On Sunday morning, Adam Schefter said, that the uh, that Von Miller's ankle injury was worse than they suspected when they traded for him. Yeah, oh, you know, everybody's, you know, this is the uh, exact quote. Um, Miller's ankle injury was worse than the Rams suspected when they acquired him from the Broncos earlier this month for second and third round draft picks. The Rams held Miller out of last Sunday night's game against the Titans and were undecided Saturday on his status versus the 49ers. Everybody's Sheesh, throwing that. all these bouquets at the Rams, and you sign Oda Beckham, and it's unfortunate they lost Robert Woods, but I just don't know that I buy this. Like I, it, I don't buy. Like, watch out, here come the Rams. Like I, I wouldn't be stunned if they struggle with the Niners tonight.
2: Yeah, but you know what's interesting about that? I, I, think it, it's a reflection on, on your boys. The as you described the Denver frauds, that's out there because the Rams want people to know what Denver did to them. Yeah. Um, and that, that's a bad look. That's a bad look. I, I, you really, you know, you shouldn't float out an injured player. Now it's a bad look on both sides. The Denver Broncos should be should not be offering a player that is severely injured, and the LA Rams medical team needs to check that out beforehand. Uh, you know, before any type of trade goes through, you got to be checking out if you're going to trade for an injured player. You got to you got to know what they are. So that's kind of egregious on both sides. A good note by by Mister Adam Schefter there. Um, he's taking, he's taking a lot of heat lately. Um yeah. Some some rightfully so. Um. But according, according yeah, to our a, friends, he's, he's a hard worker. I know that wow.
1: according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, Pete, uh, Peter, the Los Angeles Rams are three and a half point favorites over the Niners. One, do the Niners cover or do, who do you have to cover? Who are you taking here uh, as far as the three and a half point spread is concerned? Who wins? I mean, your thoughts, predictions go.
2: I think this this profiles as a more of like you can't lose it game for for the Rams like not to say the Titans were a bad loss if we've, we've kind of made a theme of our, our show today, but the Rams, you know, you're coming off a, a loss where you looked really bad and you looked like illegitimate. And, and this is a team, despite this being a division game, this is a team that you're better than, right? Sure. I mean, I mean, I think at this point we can all agree with that. So I would like to see the Rams reestablish themselves. I tend to think they will. And so I would, I would pick the LA Rams in this game.
1: I'm going to take the Niners.
2: 'Cause wow.
1: if there's one thing that Kyle Shanahan has historically done is own the Rams. It's it that's his thing. And own Sean McVay. And yeah, it, but and, you know and,
2: what? And Kyle Shanahan's luster.
1: Oh, I agree. It, I everyone's I mean, out he on is, Kyle Shanahan.
2: He like he is a dull what is I don't even remember when when you had took the mineral class. He is not a shiny mineral. He is like sandstone. What mineral at this point. Yeah, you got you know the rocks, geology, geography. What is oh, it? Oh, it's geology, it's geology rocks, yeah. Uh, yeah, geography, geography
1: is, is the study of
2: geology lists. or geography. There's there's geology, there's geology in geography, as we know. So they're they're kind of in, in each other. Um, Yeah, he's like one of those dull. I only remember the name of the rock, but it was like that black rock. There's there's nothing to him. There's nothing to him right now anymore.
1: Niners win in this game. Book it. And Philip Rivers is announcing his return to the NFL during
2: it. I'm My going to I'm, I'm gonna text you something when the Rams wrap this up tonight and they're kneeling. Stafford's on, Stafford's on one knee. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'll text, text you something. Yeah. Maybe a Call photograph. me, maybe beat a, me
1: uh, if you want to reach me. You know what I mean? Shout maybe out a, to a selfie. Hey, guess
2: what? Uh, I have to tell you this before we go. This is important. Today in Kansas City, the first ever Whataburger has opened.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: The Patrick Mahomes, Tyler, Texas infiltration is complete. He, Pete, is, uh, he has bought a piece of the Royals. He's got soccer teams that he's bought a piece of. He has now brought his first Whataburger, which is a part of a chain of Whataburgers that will now be in Kansas City. I got to go get myself this, a burger today. This
1: is an important thing. All right. If there's ever anything you listen to me on, this has to be it. No yeah. joke. All right. They have incredible specialty burgers. They do. And you're, you're going to want to go there. You're going to say, I'm, I'm ready for that. You're not ready. Okay. You need to you need start. Get, get, yourself, <laughs> get yourself the classic. Get the classic. All get right. your feet wet. Mm-hmm. You know, Don't do the spicy ketchup yet. Because the spicy ketchup was an evolution. I mean, for, for those of us, you know, that are 33-ish, you know what I mean? We grew up with the regular ketchup. Only have the regular ketchup. Don't dive in
2: yet. Wait right. in. Trust me. Classic. Classic with the regular ketchup. How are the French fries? So is this an onion ring, joint. What are we doing?
1: If you go for onion rings, I will con- reconsider our friendship. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you an in,
2: so question, are you an In-N-Out man or are you, are you a Whataburger Whataburger
1: guy? rules In-N-Out. In-N-Out is terrible. Don't like okay. it. stupid. Dumb. Um, Shake
2: Shack not even in consideration then.
1: Shake Shack, five guys, all the rest. No thanks. Whataburger is the
2: gal for me. Oh, Whataburger at least um, summit today in Kansas City.
1: Week 10 was a lot of fun. Uh, tomorrow on the podcast, Rob Stats Guerrera, Brandon Gowden will discuss power rankings, what happened in Monday Night Football, how the 49ers won. It surely will be a good time. Pete Sweeney, the final
2: 19 words belong
1: to you. Have to be 19 exactly. Go ahead.
2: Okay. Well, I am really looking forward to this game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Dallas. Cowboys, thank you.
1: Perfect! We'll see you next week.
2: How did that fit?
0: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more, strengthen security posture, and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to Vanta.com slash Vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot slash Vox for $1,000 off Vanta.